Ten down, ninety-one to go. <laughs> Slightly terrifying. A little bit, but we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Hello and welcome to The Silent Why. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Sands. And I'm Claire. And we're a married couple without children on a mission to find 101 different types of loss. L-O-S-S, loss. Yep, and so far we've found 10. T-E-N. We've found 10 losses and we're very excited about it and we've only got 91 to go. I'm Katie. I've lost both my parents to dementia. I am Emily Roger. I talk about the loss of my tooth. I am Hannah. When I was 20, I lost my dad. I'm Sue Brain, and my marriage ended. I'm Trevor Griffiths. I would like to share about the loss of my brother to mental illness. I am Melissa Bright, who lost the role of being a daughter. Hi, I'm Asia, and my loss is my skin. My name is Anna Whiston Donaldson. I lost my 12-year-old son, Jack. I'm Dan Richards, and I lost my right arm and my entire shoulder as well. Thank you for listening. So, slightly unusual episode now, because we want to reflect a little bit and look forward a little bit. Is that right? It is, yeah. Yeah, we're reflecting on the previous 10 episodes that we've done, which happened to also be our first 10 episodes of the podcast. And we're looking forward to... 91. 91 more to come. Wow. It's a lot. And I think one of the things that has struck me about this is even though we're talking from us personally or others from a place of previous losses, that doesn't protect you from future losses as well, does it? No, no, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> so what's quite healthy about this actually is I'm learning new things from what people are saying that will help me when I face my next loss. Because we can guarantee that for us all, loss is coming. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. that a, a nice thought? It's, yeah, it's very true. Just before Christmas as well. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Loss is coming. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we've been we've heard a lot of people who have been through a lot of losses and... I think the the interesting thing is that it, it's a choice into how you deal with it. And most of them have hit a point, you know, whether it's been forced upon them or whether it's happened naturally, where they've had to choose their response to their situation. And that's been very inspirational and very challenging. But it does mean, I think, that, you know, for those of us who haven't been through maybe any large losses yet that have kind of rocked our world and how we think, maybe it's, you know, a good thing to just think about and keep in mind as to okay when the next one comes I'm going to remember these things and I'm going to use that to help me get through it doesn't mean it's any easier but it might make the journey a bit more hopeful that you've got these tools and how to deal with it tools or Hermans Hermans true could be Hermans (laughs) I love a Herman and you can find out more about Hermans by listening to our what's your Herman episode or reading the blog Maybe for Christmas 2022, I'll get you a T-shirt that just says on the front of it, what's your Herman? Yeah. And be like, we've finally got our own merchandise. Definitely. People know. Gosh, by then we'll be on like loss 60-something. What's your Herman on the front? Question mark. On the back. Because psh, happens. Yeah, nice. That's the merch. Don't steal that. Watch no out. Way. 2022 merch. <laughs> Next step for the Silent Wide podcast. We'll end this episode with a recap of the Hermans that we've had. One of those very much was ours, was us talking about us and our own story of, of loss through childlessness and the loss of fertility. So, yeah, so nine external people and one episode in the house 
That was me and you. Oh, right, yes. I thought you were being a bit gangster. <laughs> me? In the house. I couldn't be less gangster. <laughs> That's why it, it threw me slightly. So looking back over the last 10 weeks, 10 Hermans, 10 losses, what have you personally taken from it that is going to prepare you for our next loss? I say ah, oh, because what's yours is mine, so I guess I have to share the losses as well as the... You guess you have to Jordan. share. <laughs> yes, that's what you signed up to when we got married. For <laughs> better, for gonna... worse, for gain, for loss. I guess I've got to share your losses. Yeah. Sorry, sorry so about what that. have you, what have you personally taken from it? What stands out the most when you look back that comes to mind? Like that's something I need to think about more, take on board, learn from. Oh my word! You just want one. Yeah. Because I could talk for ten minutes. I know on... you could. That's why I'm narrowing you down to one. <laughs> the main theme that has come out time and time again has clearly been around feeling your feelings and allowing yourself to feel your feelings. And that has stuck in my mind, in my heart, for sure. That, you know, I, I for one, will my default position will be to try and just bury and move on or to just push to one side whatever I'm feeling and move on. But I've found since we've even started thinking about the subject of, of this Silent Why podcast, that, you know, I found myself just saying to you more sentences like, yeah, I feel a bit down today. I wonder if that's to do with this grief or that grief. Or I feel a little bit frustrated or a little bit lost. And I've allowed myself to think of that rather than just explaining it as a bad mood and move on and tomorrow I'll be better. So that, for sure, will stick with me. Yeah, I think... There's two schools of thought, really, isn't there? There's sort of feeling the feelings, which seems to be the healthier thing. But I think then there's sort of some of the things we've grown up with, maybe, where it's almost seen a bit weak to feel your feelings. Like, you know, you should push that down. You should be your best for other people. You should be strong no matter what. You should hide your laundry and you don't air stuff in public. And there's a lot of things that possibly have carried through from generations before, like the traditionalist generation would never talk about their emotions with somebody else, really. So I think there's things like that we've grown up with. And I think we're slowly starting to shake that as a generation. But it's not been the most normal thing for us to just automatically feel everything we're feeling and just allow it to be OK, which is crazy when you think about it. Because if you're angry or you're sad or you're frustrated, why would you not? just allow yourself to feel it it doesn't go anywhere if you just push it down and hide it it will come back again almost like the other side of the coin from this a number of the guests that we've spoken to uh, some really really uh, impressive and inspirational people have been quite almost angry about people that try and move you on too quickly mm. or try and sort of say you've had you've had your three days crack on now yeah time to end your grief but it's like who are you to tell me when it's right to move on. Everyone takes their own amount of time when they're grieving and that might be weeks, days, years, decades, whatever it is, you know, they need that time. going to put you on the spot now. Okay. Test our marriage. Oh, great. <laughs> you ready for this? Yeah. Many years you've joked, I've got better in recent years, but many years you've joked about me being a guy if you're not feeling I don't well. I have ever joked about you being a guy. Well, I've got to finish my sentence. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> in the past, years ago, like if you had a cold some sort of flu virus, you would say three days, you give me sympathy for three days and then that's it. It's like, come on, pull your socks up, crack on. Uh, as I say, I think I've, I think I've learned from that and I've got better in that regard. But in, you know, whether it's in the last year after we've grieved the loss of our lovely pet chameleon Murray 
or in the years before that, our dog, Murray, or members of the family, friends, Charles, have I ever pushed you on too quickly when you're not ready to be pushed? Oh, interesting. Um, no, I don't think so. Not when it comes to dealing with things. I think the, the yeah, they're not, they're trying to hurry people beyond, you know, getting better is annoying because I'm somebody who naturally wants to be better and will get better as soon as I can. So when you don't allow yourself that time, you're already beating yourself up, but you're also trying to be kind to yourself because you're feeling so rough. And then someone else steps in and was like, right, well, I'm calling it now. That is frustrating. If I was someone who would just lay in bed for the whole of the year unless someone got me up, then yes, I think there's a time when you need someone to give you a kick and say, right, enough's enough, get up. But I think when, when I get hurried, it's just that's more sort of it. It says to me, I'm worried you're going to stay there unless I say something. And that, yeah, I find that frustrating because like, that's not who I am, which is more kind of a don't you know me rather than a always trying to hurry me on too quickly. I think that's where, where that's come from. But yeah, you're right. You got a lot better at that. There isn't the, the sort of 72 hour limit on being ill anymore. Right. Your turn to answer the question now. Question was, prepare for your next loss. What will you take away? Um, yes. I think for me, the thing that stands out straight away is similar to what you said, really, the feel your feelings, but it's more about the being kind to yourself and letting yourself feel the feelings. So um, Katie, uh, when we spoke to her, it was so early on when it was episode two in the podcast that I think it was the early days of starting to realise how some of these people got through things. And she spoke very openly about just giving yourself that time when you're in a grief that is just continually ongoing. And she was talking about looking after her parents that had dementia. But it was an ongoing grief that no one else had. I think she said no one else has the capacity to help you in that grief for that amount of time. Um, and so you've got to be kind to yourself along the way. And that really struck home with me because I just thought, am I kind to myself in our situation? Or do I feel like I just need to get over it? When actually you don't really ever just get over childlessness. It's always going to be something that just keeps coming back and just putting you in situations that make you think about it. Um, and I thought, yeah, I think I need to be kinder to myself with that because you don't just suddenly get over it. Uh, that's the thing that's, that stood out the most, which is a similar theme, really. But I think the other thing that's really struck me has been some of the mental strength of the people we've spoken to, where they've made a choice of, uh, this is how I'm going to get over it. This is how I'm going to push forward. When we spoke to Dan in episode four about losing his arm and shoulder, so early on he had that right you know what I'm going to break this down into little goals and I'm just going to do things one at a time if I can't button up all the buttons on my shirt I'm going to go halfway and then tomorrow I'll try a bit further if I can only write a few letters with my left hand I'm going to do that and then the next day I'll do a few more that just really challenged me on am I mentally strong enough to do that rather than just throw in the town and give up and just end up with some sort of pity me why why me party but he was like first day out of being in a coma he was um, yeah it's pretty impressive he was like i don't need any help going to the toilet yeah i need to get on and do it myself with my one arm yeah and the same with you know when we spoke to asia in episode nine that you know that daily pain that she lives with and that choice to be grateful for what she has and for it to be same with hannah episode seven that choice of to believe that you know it's a gift to open your eyes in the morning you just forget about these things that, and to just live in that every day of I'm grateful for what I have. And Asya was, I'm grateful for what I have, despite every day being in constant pain. Just like, wow, that's that's a very mentally strong person that's able 
to do that? And is anyone able to get to that point? Or do you have to go through something like that to get there? That's something that still challenges me a lot. We've covered a lot of ground in those 10 episodes, a very diverse mix of losses and experiences of grief from nine very different characters as well as ourselves. How do you feel about the fact that we've got 91 more to find? Yeah, um, it does sound like a big number. I feel like 10 feels like a good dent, but then when you hear 91, it doesn't feel quite so big. But yeah, no, I'm I'm confident. I'm wondering what the last 10 or 20 will be like. Because at the moment, I feel like there's still a wide range of loss. You know, when you start thinking about it, people start dropping them on you all the time. That's a loss. Oh, that's a loss. Um, obviously, the losses we're looking for, they have to be something you can't get back again. So that does narrow it down a little bit. Um, but I'm fairly confident the first 50 or so will be things we can find. Beyond that, it's a challenge. But that's OK. I'm up for it. A very, very sneak peek in terms of joining us in the new year. Mm. Because you can look forward to loss of a species. Do you have loss of a species talking about extinction with animals? Someone within the recovery community that's lost a lot of friends to addiction. Yeah, but we've also got um, an interview with somebody that grew up with a lot of scars and a lot of scarring and the effect that's had and how she's come through that. Yeah, it's going to be a very hope-filled new year. It is, yeah. For us. Well, full of Hermans. We'll hear a summary of all the Hermans that we've done so far. If you want to, obviously, hear them in full, they're part of each episode. And uh, you can find information about that on the blog, your blog, on the website, thesilentwhy.com. Thesilentwhy.com slash Herman will give you all you need to know, actually. There you go. There you go. Easy. In fact, I was looking back over the Hermans from the last 10 episodes and obviously Hermans are all about hope and joy and something we can pass on to other people. I wanted to note them down before we get to the 401 so that I've got them each time we do a bulk of 10. And from this 10, I managed to come up with 10 plus one no's that I've gathered from all 10 Hermans. No's? No's. Like N-O-S-E? No, like K-N-O-W-S. No, right. Nose. 10 plus 1 nose. Yeah, so I'm going to put them on the blog. So if you're interested in the 10 plus 1 nose that I've come up with... Well, give me an example of your nose. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you have to go to the blog. But, the okay, I'll give you... The, the first one is... Well, the first one sounds a bit depressing, but it, <laughs> it was from Sue's um, Embracing Your Mortality episode, and it was Know You're Going to Die One Day. That's a that's a nice start. It's an important takeaway. Yeah. yeah. Positive. Thanks yeah. Yeah. for that. But but yeah, very real, very relevant. And that was Sue through and through, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. She was all about kind of knowing that your book's going to end one day, and how do you want it to end, which is important. Yes, writing that last chapter. Well, excited to read more about your nose, and <laughs> we'll end this ep- we'll end this episode pretty much with the montage of Herman's her her montage her montage (laughs) nice so here we go in summary 10 Herman's embrace your mortality know that you're going to die one day really get real about it so you can start living you know when death comes the book closes so how do you want your book to close so that's my Herman is to know that you're allowed to feel what you're feeling because how many of us have got used to the idea that we should suppress things like we should suppress anger we should suppress our sadness you know just deal with it it's not that bad all this squashing down of things emotions don't just disappear because you squash them down even though it's counterintuitive like actually allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling naming what you're feeling and and being compassionate 
you know, for that. It's incredibly powerful, but it's kind of the opposite of what most of us grow up learning to do. Yes, if you lost your arm or your leg, it's not the end of the world. You know, and I, I, I always said from the off, there's people worse off than me. Now, I don't, I don't live with cancer. I don't, I don't live with a terminal illness. I don't live in poverty. I don't live in a war-torn country. I've got running hot water. You know, I've got a family. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. Life will beat you up, but you've still got dreams, right? So that's my herb and cake. Yeah. I listened to the um, to the short little episode explaining about what the what the Herman was, and you know the first thing that came to my mind was my Herman is God. It's always with me, something that is always growing, something that I continually nurture, and something that um, yeah, it's it's always growing. That relationship is always growing, and it's something that I can share with everyone, and that is successful to anyone. Yes, what's the Herman? What are we going to share with others? And um, inbuilt into you is a growth cycle. And how you get to that growth cycle is the story that you've got to tell. It's the path you've got to walk. But to know that people can come through stronger because the grief process is there to build a resource, to explore renewal of life. Life is potentially ever renewed. And that growth cycle is part of it. So to know that there is a path is what I'd like to share with people. I just think you can die tomorrow. Don't leave anything unsaid. Don't hold grudges. All of that cliche stuff. Just take some appreciation for every time you open your eyes. Trying to remain thankful for what we have because some people would kill for what we have. If I would have to say anything, besides it being the kindness that my mom passed on to me and my daughter and to be respectful to people, we don't have to be the people that our dads were and our grandmas were and we can start changing the story and the narrative for future grandbabies and all that to love ourselves and to heal that's that's my Herman <laughs> my Herman is the fact that everything is temporary even pain is temporary even your loss is temporary because what you go through yes it is the most painful thing that you go through at that moment and no time doesn't always heal everything but as time goes on you learn to process that you know you just got to get on with it and what you guys do with this podcast is amazing and I think it will help a whole lot of people a whole new generation to understand that grieving is one thing but learning to go above and beyond it and just how self-heal is a whole different thing as well. A couple years ago, I decided to write a children's book. And what I love about this book is it takes the wisdom that I've learned that I didn't know at the beginning of all of this as far as healthy grieving. And it, it just gives hope to people who are, who, who are grieving. And so to me, I guess that's my Herman. It's something that I kind of didn't want to do. And then I put it out there in the world and it took off on its own and I just get this amazing feedback from it that it's you know letting kids and grown-ups know that it's okay to be angry and it's okay to live a happy life and that the people that we love are they come along with us wherever we go yes we get to answer this question I'm going to start with a cliche but it is so important which is you're not alone to always know that you're not alone whatever situation you're going through 
there will be others that have gone through it as well. And there's so much experience, so much value in shared experience that's really important to be able to help process and just to reassure you and encourage you on your journey. My Herman would be, there is life after loss. Just don't see the loss as the end of your journey. Don't see it as consuming your whole life. You can get past it. There is hope. There's, there's more beyond this. It's not the end. It's almost the end of this episode, at least. Thank you for listening to the Silent Why podcast. If you think this content would be useful for other people in this subject area of loss, maybe you've got friends, family, or just want to share it with a wider world, it would be a great help to us if you could leave a rating or a review on your podcast player. If it doesn't have such a feature, head over to Apple Podcasts where you can leave a review of the Silent Why podcast there. And we finish every episode of the Silent Why with some wise words or a quote from somebody else. Because we've been really impacted by other people's words in our life and our journey, and we hope to pass that on and inspire you in some way. And today we're going to finish with some words from Michelle Obama from her first lady address in South Africa in 2011. You may not always have a comfortable life, and you will not always be able to solve all the world's problems all at once. But don't ever underestimate the impact you can have, because history has shown us that courage can be contagious, and hope can take on a life of its own. Thank you.